Welcome to Genia Conversations, Redefining Healthcare. I'm your host, Andrea Durkin. Today, my guest is Lori Logan. She's Genia's Chief Product and Client Officer. We're talking about the phased approach to value-based care. If you enjoy our conversation and want to learn more about how to achieve value-based care success, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Let's jump right in. Well, welcome, Lori. We're glad to have you back on the Genia podcast. I want to start with payer and provider collaboration. I know it's something that you frequently talk about, and I wonder why it's so important to you. I actually looked up that word today because I use collaboration so much. It's interesting. It's the action of working with someone to produce or create something. So, you know, what is that? I think for us in, in healthcare, better care, better experience, higher quality, lower cost. And that's really the promise that value-based care is, is aimed at. So I think for things to progress in healthcare, it has to work for all parties, the payer, provider, the patient. And if there isn't a win-win for payers and providers, there's going to be friction for the patient. You know, the nature of value-based care is to change the way patients are treated, less emphasis on visits, more meaningful interactions that are proactive and effective. And to do this, payers and providers have to act differently and collaborate. And collaboration requires trust, aligned goals, strong relationship. I'll say relationship with gangs is so critical to any business, but even more so in healthcare. And you know, to do that requires information, transparency, trust in the information, strong communication, um, and ultimately having empathy for each other. And if you look at it from a provider perspective, you know, for the most part, they're still working in a fee-for-service world that's based on visits and volume. And now there's being more added to their day. Without a good relationship and an understanding of the why, it's not going to work. I love your mentioning of the why. I was one of those kids who incessantly asked why. And I find that I respond really well when someone gives me the why. And I suspect that works in payer-provider relationships, too. So let's go on to the phased approach. And I wonder if you could share why you think a phased approach to value-based care helps physicians and clinicians succeed. It's a big shift and, and fundamentally different. There's new information, insights are being added into you know, existing engagement to drive new engagements. And that's fundamentally different than preparing for a high schedule volume load you know, of treating patients. And it takes time to understand the new information, the changes to the workflow, how to have the best patient experience, and ultimately how to drive results. And given this change, it's important to start small because it's not just looking at the data and understanding the data. It doesn't end there. Without understanding all of that, it's hard to scale it. So it's easy to scale once you know something that works. It's not just about the data and the technologies, there's a lot going on from a change management approach, and it takes a while to really unwind what that means. Starting with a specific condition or a specific cohort of high-risk patients, start at the beginning and make sure the goals are aligned. The incentives are enough to cause a provider to make meaningful change um, and invest in the time to make that change. What new information is being introduced? Is it understood? Is it actionable? When is it introduced? You know, at the morning huddle, um, is the information actionable? What does actionable mean? Is it patient specific? Does it drive to an obvious action for outreach? 
um, or something to be added to the patient's visit for the doctor to, you know, to tend to. All those things take time to sort through. And lastly, is there a feedback loop with the payer and provider? Can they communicate? Communication is critical to relationship and collaboration, and it's never going to be 100% right. There's always questions. There's always more to learn. This isn't um, easy stuff. It's medicine and healthcare. Making sure that there's good channels of communication set up. So there's just a lot of change to understand new information, changes to workflow. How do I track those activities? And how do I make sure that they're tracking towards a goal? And if you take a small scope, a specific condition or a specific cohort of high-risk patients, you can really track them through that whole evolution and life cycle. And then you've got a playbook, you know, that will allow you to add for other phases in a really successful way. All you have to learn and do may not be obvious on the day you start. When you work through it and get to that final point, it becomes obvious and known, and then it's much easier to take that to other stages and phases. As you know, Jania recently released a white paper about the phased approach. Can you outline how this works for our audience? Use data. Use data to define who the small scope is. Use data to define the goals of what you're trying to, to do. Build that collaborative relationship. Support each other. Support the provider. Support all the team that supports the providers. And then look at results. Look at what worked. Look at what didn't work. And then expand it. It's really about overemphasizing the focus on what you're trying to accomplish, the objectives of it, the changes that have to take place, documenting those, and then looking back at it and learning from them, and then deciding to go you know, bigger on what the next phase would be. We're taking a little bit more of a scientific approach, which, by the way, will help the doctor side of it. And ultimately, what you're talking about is change management. It's all about process. It's all about people. It's all about showing the movement of change and the impact of it. Starting small is the key. Can you walk me through one of the examples of a health plan using a phased approach? So one thing that we've seen um, really helpful is when our, our payer partners are working with their providers and offering their resources too to actually look at the data and analyze it first for a specific set of providers. So it needs to be relevant to those providers, to those patients to make it real for that clinical team, both at a population insight level as well as some very specific recommendations for action. You know, the trickier is to not be overly prescribed in what they're trying to tell them clinically, but to point how the actions drive back to the incentives in their program. They collectively agree on where to focus, and that brings the provider group in to be you know, part of their own destiny and see what makes sense for them clinically. Then they can start to look at what would have to change to, to take action. The more that payers understand the change management needed and just be there as an assist role and an encouragement role, and then the payer being involved with that practice um, can look at the results, can look at what actions were taken and what the impacts are. The payer's role is to really help them understand the data and show how it can point out areas for opportunity and what the results of that opportunity taken you know, can, can be. And then you can add more providers in later phases, you know, tailoring into that provider, their specific population, very specific clinical goals, 
it makes it not as overwhelming. Particularly during the pandemic, we've been hearing more about health plans needing a digital front door. So I'm wondering how a health plan can use a phased approach to the digital front door. All phased approach starts with the defined population. Who you're focused on from the population and who the stakeholders are and who the users are. So with a digital front door, really what you're doing is ensuring that any interaction that a member triggers is as effective as possible by providing contextual insights. That's the, that's the virtue of a digital front door is having a much more contextualized experience. What we've seen work is having a higher tier level of service that interacts with members calling in where payers are having a skilled up level of staffing. Let's say they're calling in about a gym benefit. Um, if you're a navigator, can they answer that call um, with um, a higher level of personalized insights and maybe alerted that they were recently diagnosed with diabetes? And now not only can this agent, you know, chat with them about the gym membership, but she's able to really describe the benefits of a diabetes program that the payer has that the member may not have known about or didn't know about at a time that it mattered to them when it was really contextually relevant. That same strategy can be used for if they're not calling in, but for calling out and for proactive outreach. Both of those are taking into scenario focus on a very specific population. It might be that you're starting to do concierge team on a focus on, on, on diabetes. So that's one of the calls to action that you're trying to do is really to drive up your uh, enrollment in a diabetic program. And, and that allows you to do it in both the uh, in inbound perspective when the members are calling in, as well as a proactive perspective and outbound perspective. With that, you can really see the measurable results, right? How many calls did you convert from answering a, a standard benefits question to enrolling them into a program? And seeing those results drives expansion, but that's what your know, payers are looking at with these programs is how to really scale it and the, you know, the meaningful impact that they can, they can make with their programs. So I wonder if you could share how Genia helps health plans execute a phased approach strategy. Really early in the in the sales cycle, right, we partner with our clients to understand what's their burning agenda, right? What are they trying to change? What business goals are they after? We've talked about before product strategy and client success and how they're interwoven. Well, it's understanding what the client's goals are um, and how they can use you know our expertise and products to help with them. Typically, we try to define down like what's the use case and what's the focus area. Is there a need for more prioritization for their care management resources? And how can we help to make more effective use of their engagement you know, strategies? Is it because they're lacking you know, meaningful results from their value-based programs? And where might those gaps be that we could dial into? Is it a certain subset of providers? Is it a certain quality metric? Is it an overall shared savings program where the medical cost is not going down? Each one of those can come up with a very defined problem statement, and that problem statement shapes everything that we do. Um, the data we run is the same data that we run, how you use that data, who you involve, how you interpret the results and what actions you take from them. It gets you something that's very actionable, measurable to show results against a goal. By narrowing in on those needs, we can tailor a phased implementation that drives a very focused objective to success um, and use that success to drive necessary change. At the end of the day, all this creates a great 
change management playbook used internally for a payer, used with their providers. Um, and that playbook's really critical for them to roll out in you know, future phases. You have to get a playbook that works for you and your organization, and then that playbook can be repeated. It's critical to get that success, see it, to feel what it feels like, um, and then be able to repeat it. I used to talk about change you choose versus change choosing you. It sounds like what, a lot of what you're talking about is involving the providers in a way so that they're choosing change, which I think probably speaks a lot to the cha to change management and the success of it. Yeah, if you're not bought in on the goals and the, and the, the ways to achieve those goals, especially from a provider standpoint, the, the idea is to tee up the opportunities on where there could be impact done that's going to help them achieve the goals of their incentive programs, but they have to be in the driver's seat of what clinically that means for them to do and where to focus and align with their clinical goals. Healthcare is a many-to-many -many world. If I'm a provider, I'm not just dealing with this one plan. I'm dealing with three or four major plans and 50 to hundreds of other smaller plans, you know, out there understanding where they are and aligning to other programs that they might have already in place is going to go a big way driving up the adoption of it and, and ultimately getting the, the success. Thank you to Lori Logan and to you for joining us. If you enjoyed our discussion and want to hear more like it, subscribe to Genia Conversations on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The views, information, or opinions expressed by the guests of Genia Conversations, Redefining Healthcare, are their own and do not necessarily represent the policy or position of Genia LLC. Many thanks for listening.